the Spot Track Podcast, talking sports contracts, the salary cap, and business of sports. Today's edition of the Spot Track Podcast presented by The Athletic. Visit theathletic.com slash Spot Track, S P O T R A C, for 40% off that first year subscription. That's theathletic.com slash Spot Track. My name is Mike Gennetti. Happy Monday. Big NFL show. Derwin James locked in. We'll go through his contract and the comparison of the safety contract just this offseason. About a half of what the wide receivers have given us, but still a good market reset for the safety position. That's the top end of the show. And in the back end, the highest paid players at each position and the highest free agent contracts at each position. And where those players specifically and those teams respectively fit in in the 2022 outlook. Is it a win-now situation for some of these players? Is it a one-and-done situation for some of these players? Is it a, all right, this guy's locked in, but the team is still maybe a couple of years away or a year away from being a year away situation? A little bit of everything in the mixed bag, but always good to highlight those kind of things as we approach week one, which is where we are. It's the end of August. It's time. Preseason is starting to get a little bit more real. Players are actually playing. Hopefully no major injuries here for the next 10 days or so, but we're... Uh, we're right around the corner here from that September 8th opener, Bills at Rams. So big NFL show today on SpotTrack.com just to promote some things. I did the running back tiers last year, last week. Still pretty fresh in terms of uh, just how unstable that market is. I mean, if you want to take a look at the bottom of that list, there are players on that list that I have designated as top 40, top 50 running backs in the league who may not make a roster. That's how unstable that is. So it is what it is. It's going to get worse, unfortunately. You know, we're going to see some contracts in the next couple of months for Jonathan Taylor, I think for an A.J. Dillon, some players like that. But it's just a, there's going to be one or two maybe every couple of years, and then those players will be gone in three years, unfortunately. So I don't think we're in for the big, long running back career. Derrick Henry may be the last... 30-year-old running back that's still worth a damn in the NFL. But we'll see. We'll see where that heads us. Uh, I did a young Major League Baseball extension piece. Cousin Dan and I put together a good list of who might be next for that random $200 million contract that you just don't see coming because I think that's where the game is really going. How do we get this guy locked in now? How do we guarantee him generational money at 21, 22, 23 years old just to get us some value and keep him out of free agency until he's 29, you know? And it's a bit of a trade-off for the player. It's a lot of a trade-off for the player. But is $100 million now, you know, that much worse than $200 million later? Maybe, in some cases. But I think it's getting tougher and tougher to bet on yourself in Major League Baseball. So who's going to be the next player to say, screw, screw 18 months from now or screw 36 months from now? This team's offering me 112 or 120. I'm just going to take it. It's 120, you know, and I'm 22 years old and I can be done at 30 and I'll still have X number of dollars spread out and my kids are safe and it's just a, it's a good mindset to have. And by the way, baseball is going in that direction. And I think basketball is going in the exact opposite direction because we haven't even seen the big TV money yet in basketball and to some degree in football, football still. 18 months away from that hitting as well. You know, in two years, we were already at 50. In two years, I think we might be at $70 million salary in, in the NBA. And we're just going to have to accept it. You know, 
I mean, if Zion gets healthy and he's Zion, Zion, that's where we're headed. Where John Morant's headed, where Lucas headed. So nuts, you know, becoming very specific, but that means your bench players in the NBA are headed for 2025 bench, not six man bench. So it's a nuts situation. But I think in baseball, this young market piece at least identifies where even some of the bigger teams are going. I'm not, this isn't just the piece about the Rays and the Marlins. <laughs> you know, there's some pretty big names on pretty big teams that could just say, look, just give me the $80 million now. And, uh, and then when I'm 28 or so and I have the ability to control my destiny a little bit more, I won't have to go 350. I can go 120 and make 200 in my career and get out of here. So I think that's where we're headed. For, for a lot of cases, not for everybody. You know, Pete Alonso, I think, is going to free agency. I certainly earned judges going. And, uh, and look, the Major League Baseball free agency for 2023 is something Cousin Dan is working on as we speak because it could be a very good list. One of the better lists we've had in a decade if the opt-outs that we think are going to happen, happen and so forth. So we'll get to baseball at some point in time. Obviously, the, uh, the contenders are, are filing in here and we're heading towards September, which is always a great time for Major League Baseball, even though it's college football, it's pro football, it's all that stuff. So baseball will be in the back burner for a bit here. Basketball's coming back. And we'll kind of let the news dictate basketball with spot track because the Durant situation is going to come to some kind of head. We think Donovan Mitchell's about to get moved, which if that's the Knicks, brings all that back into the forefront. And I don't think the Lakers are just going to sit on their hands here. I don't. And, you know, maybe the Pacers stuff has cooled off a bit. Somebody, I think, is going to play ball with the Lakers here because I do think the Lakers will forfeit those two picks and add them into a trade piece. So is there a three-team trade? You know, does somebody just decide to take on Russell Westbrook for one year? I think at the end of the day, yes. So that'll obviously become the story when it's the story. So when, when those things present themselves to us, you know, when Ben Simmons gets back on the court, all those things. Um, We'll get back to it. But for now, it's, it's about football. And that's where we're headed next. Derwin James have been holding in with the Chargers, kind of just playing the good soldier. And by the way, the Chargers were not reluctant to talk about this publicly. They were basically saying, this guy's going nowhere. We are perfectly fine with him taking it easy until this thing gets done. We're in active negotiations. It's going to get done. It did get done. And, you know, the timing might be a little later than they were hoping for, August 17th. But four years, $76.5 million tacked on to what was a fifth-year option at $9 million. $42 million of that is practically guaranteed. 385 of that is guaranteed at signing. Really strong numbers. So if we talk about that from a, a safety perspective, first of all, it comes with a $20.5 million signing bonus, which is the most ever for a safety. There's also an option bonus built into that. So in terms of just prorated bonus that's guaranteed at signing, that's $32 million right off the top here. So they kept the base salaries low. They did a lot of proration here. Obviously, they're going to have to you know, manipulate the cap quite a bit over the next couple of years because this is maybe the final big contract they have to deal with now. And then Justin Herbert staring them in the face in March. So, you know, both Bose is done. James is done. Mike Williams is done. They had Eckler on a really good value contract. They've done their due diligence here. And now it's time for Herbert. That's where this team is headed. And by the way, that could be on the precipice of a phenomenal 2022 season as a team. And, you know, there's, I don't think there's anything else Justin Herbert can do, albeit win the Super Bowl and the MVP and things like that. But I, I already think wherever we go with 
Lamar Jackson's contract and and in reference to Deshaun Watson's numbers, that's where we're headed here. I guess if you tack on an MVP in a Super Bowl to Herbert's resume, you're talking probably Aaron Rodgers, which is $50 million a year right now. We're headed there anyway because of the rising cap situation. But if Lamar's going 46 and change or 47-ish, or if he's taken lower to get fully guaranteed, you know, those two options, they're going to dictate this. Josh Allen's done. He's already a value. You know, Derek Carr has hit 40 million. Matt Stafford has hit 40 million. There's no value here with these quarterbacks. And Herbert's already shown enough to say, you're the guy, you're the next guy. So, like I said, this was kind of the final 2022 contract that the Chargers had to get done. It's done. Now they can uh, establish extension eligibility for Justin Herbert, take care of him next year, and the core is much, much locked in at a good price. So James is the highest average paid safety in the history of football at 19.1 million. It's about 500,000 more than the second guy in, in line there, which, which was Jamal Adams. And uh, there's a lot to talk about here. It's the highest total guarantee. It's the highest average salary. It's the highest signing bonus. It's the highest practical guarantee. In, t- in terms of just the, the, the cash flow, First year cash, it's the most by two million. Two year cash, it's the it's the most by two point five million. Three year cash, it's the most by about two hundred thousand. Mickey Fitzpatrick got fifty one, as well. Four year cash, it's the most by two million. Five year cash, it's the most across the board. This is the biggest safety contract we've ever seen across the board. So there's really no, no, no holes to punch into this, albeit it's a three-year deal. They didn't get much in that, in that fourth year. Now, there is an early March roster bonus in 2025 and 2026, but there's a big out there. The only saving grace he has, and I didn't build this into my practicality yet, but I will, you know, and I'll, speak, I'll speak to it out loud. Like I said, low base salaries in the first two years, two big bonuses to counter that. So there's a decent amount of dead cap already. If, if we're talking about a three-year, $51 million contract here, practically, there's $21 million of dead cap sitting in 2024 right now. There's also a $19.8 million cap charge, which, if we're talking a $240 million salary cap, is okay. It's not terrible. But this is a safety, right? This isn't a wide receiver one, a, a tight end one, certainly not a Herbert. So. It may get to the, and by the way, Joey Bosa's numbers get crazy as well at, at this point of his contract. So it may be that they have to restructure that, even though, you know, that's only 8% of what could be a $240 million league salary cap. So if they have to restructure that 2024 base salary, which is almost $13 million, then you're putting a lot of dead cap security into 2025. Why am I harping so much on the three to four year deal here? Because he'll be 29 in 2025. My thinking is, if I'm playing agent and player here, obviously I want to get this thing done again before 30. So I don't want to get into that last year, which carries a $24 million cap hit, you know, 17 million cash. It's a little bit backloaded cash-wise. Kind of goes big in the front, squishy in the middle, big again in the back, which is kind of traditional stuff. Um, But if I'm Derwin James and things are going well and, by the way, it should for the team, 
and he should be a big factor why. I'm really hoping to rip the last two years of this up. Now, there's some proration that's going to have to carry over in that case. So I'm going to have to change the structure of that third contract. But that's the, that's the plan here. That's why I drew the line after 2024, which is A, guarantees fall off, and B, I'm hoping to get something done in age 29 because it just looks a hell of a lot better than being 30. That's all. That's the only point here. Uh, David Mulligan knows exactly what he's doing. He may be a little preoccupied with Sean Watson's contract still, but he's got plenty of huge clients. He's done this a million times and, and no, no reason to knock any other part of this contract. I, I don't love that it's a little backloaded. Obviously, that's, like I said, is old school traditional. Why even go the, that route? Why just, why just rip off the back two years of this contract? Force the Chargers to do that. Make them add void years in, things like that. And then force them to extend him after 2024 to stop that void from happening, to keep the proration spread out, and to allow him to be into his third contract at age 29. My thinking is it's going to happen anyway, but and the Chargers don't want that, by the way. The Chargers want him under contract so that if he's a bit of a declining player or if he's not yet demanded that massive third contract, um, they have him under term. He's tradable, whatever, whatever has to happen. there. They want him under term. The void years give them no power. But this is a player that had a decent amount of power. And you're seeing it in the numbers and the, and the rankings of this deal. But similar to what our buddy Troy Dorotondi did with uh, Mike Williams and Chris Godwin, just trim the fat off. You know, Mike Williams' deal is three for 60, two for 40 guaranteed. If they want to keep him that third year, fine. If they want to trade him on that year, if they want to cut him on that year, fine. But get me out of this contract before age 30. So I think we're headed that way with Derwin James, but the Chargers kind of have that option under the belt. Other than that, it's a crazy strong top-of-the-market contract. It has reset this thing. Didn't quite get us to the $20 million per year we thought we would, but I think the $42 million guaranteed is enough said, and that's generally the number I'm looking at more often than not, especially with these defensive contracts. You know, that's a $4 million increase over where we were with Jamal Adams. So sizable upgrade. You know, who's next on this list? There's some young guns around the league, but it may be a couple of years before somebody supplants Derwin James, maybe two offseason. We'll see. We'll see if uh, a couple of names can push forward here. But I, I do think this was a good, good offseason for this position. Not quite the wide receiver, like I said, but a good offseason for this position to approach $20 million a year and uh, surpass $40 million gear. All right, let's switch gears to the top free agent contract in 2022 at each NFL position and a quick outlook for each of those players, respectively. Quarterback, boy, it was a bad year for agent waste. And it's going to be. You know, you're just not going to see these guys get to free agency. There's multiple franchise tags available, and the trade has become the way to do things. So I'm happy to see that happening. But your breadwinner this year from free agency, Jameis Winston, who returns to New Orleans on two for 28. 21 million of that guaranteed. 15 of that guaranteed at signing, but he's going to get that 21 million, in my opinion. So it's 14 million, million a year for the top free agent quarterback on the market who had an injury history, who is a fringe starting quarterback. He's going to have to win this job. Basically, every single, every single week he goes out there, he's the favorite, obviously, and he's going to be the week one starter. But that's the going rate. You know, if we're looking at Trubisky, who was 
trying to get himself back into QB1 favor and Mar- Mariota as well. Both of those guys went under $10 million a year. So $14 million a year against a $200 million salary cap, that just appears to be the price for those getting back into it. But we need a guy, and you're the best option available. It's a good, it's a good contract. I'm not a huge Saints guy this year. There's a lot of people out there that look at the division, and now with Tampa Bay's injuries and things like that, that are really starting to sneak up on, on New Orleans, thinking they're going to have the pass game that they used to have. Winston can sling that ball. I can't, dis- I can't disagree with that. Um, they have lost some defensive pieces. It's just a fact. And they haven't had enough draft picks to fill all their holes. So I see a lot of gaps in that roster. Winston might be one of them, by the way. You know, certainly the mentality has been inconsistent at times and the decision-making has been inconsistent at times, but will that matter if he's got four to five guys to throw to at all points in time, the Kamara situation looks like it's going to be pushed off to 2023. So that, I guess that's more reason to consider this team as a division contender. But to me, bringing back Winston was a last ditch effort. He had other options. They had other options. I think they tried like hell for Deshaun Watson, which certainly would not have helped them in 2022. They lost their coach, who we now find out was in a bit of a collusion situation with Miami and maybe, you know, amidst one with Dallas right now as we speak. But I just think there was too much subtraction, even though the, I like the additions, a little too much subtraction to take this team super, super seriously in 2022. But Winston has the physicality to go out there and completely prove me wrong. I mean, he could be 5,040 touchdowns tomorrow if everything's clicking on the right cylinder. So in that regard, 14 million a year, two for 28, 21 million guaranteed, not a bad way to operate if you're going to, if you have the ability, the chance to get that kind of production out of them. And you, we have seen it. Okay. Running back, similar situation. Leonard Fournette went out there, shopped himself, tried to get himself 10 million a year. It didn't happen. What he did get is three for 21. That's actually one for nine. (laughs) All right. That's what Tampa Bay brought him back on. And it makes sense. You got to align him with um, the Tom Brady timeline and things like that. And unfortunately, the offensive line has already been beaten up a little bit here. So he may not be having the, the comeback that he's hoping for, but he may. Caught a hell of a lot of passes. He was a bigger part of the offense last year. He had to be with Godwin's situation. I don't expect he catches 70 balls again, but he's going to be a factor, and now he doesn't have to be a in-between-the-tackles guy only. So at $7 million a year, that's higher than we've been seeing in a lot of cases, even with extensions, let alone free agent contracts. But if we think about it in terms of it's $7 million this year, and then there's $2 million guaranteed next year, and if they want to keep him, it's only 2 for 14 So. And this is age 27 going into age 28. So he's on that fringe. They're in the window of contention, whether it's with or with Brady next year. But he's the guy. And he was a big part of the offense. So I completely agree with this contract. I don't think there's anything wrong with it whatsoever. Zilch, zilch, zilch. Uh, They didn't add void years to it. They could have made this a way big, way better cap-friendly situation. They didn't go that route. My thinking is they want to make sure they are okay from a proration standpoint if they have to release him before the fifth league day of next year. They want to give themselves the ability to make this a one-year contract. And then if they don't have to, and it's a two-year contract, 
no big deal. They can even restructure the salary next year and free up some cap space. So I love everything about this. I think it's the right fit, the right player, the right team, and a good contract. The wide receiver belt goes to Christian Kirk, one of the biggest Twitter freakouts of the offseason. Four for 72 to Jacksonville from a kind of a depth role in Arizona. He's going to be the guy, you know, but it's going to be a gimmicky, gadgety offense. You know, it's not going to be a traditional go out there, get open. We're going to find you 110 times in the year and hopefully you catch eight of those balls. It's not going to be that, you know, ETN, Lawrence, there's going to be a lot of options, a lot of, look, he may be running the ball, Christian Kirk, at points in time in Doug Peterson's offense. So $18 million a year, now in the grand scheme of things, $18 million a year now ranks 18th among wide receivers in the football. 18th. Okay? Deontay Johnson, Brandon Cooks, Godwin, Williams, DJ Moore, Terry McLaurin, Debo Samuel, Stefan Diggs, DK Metcalf, AJ Brown, Cooper Cup, Devontae Adams, and Tyreek Hill all passed him after he signed his free agent contract. That's what happened this offseason. That's how big this wide receiver situation was over the past few months. So, yeah, it's a big contract for Jacksonville because they were one of the worst teams in football last year. They're not going to be this year. And he's going to be a factor. Not as big a factor as $18 million a year should have been. But knowing where the wide receiver market is now, it's just fine. It's just fine. He's a number one wide receiver uh, in terms of pay, but he's a middle-of-the-road number one wide receiver. That's exactly what he should be because that's the chance he's being given here. It's $37 million guaranteed. That covers two years. If he plays those two years out and, and uh, the per-game bonuses all hit, he gets two for 39. Again, we're fine. We're, we're, we're all fine with this. And then they can cut him loose for almost nothing in 2024. $10 million of dead gap. They can post June 1st that if they have to. They're fine. They're going to be fine. So, I, again, no problems with this. It was fun to see it explode when it happened. And, you know, this wasn't the guy we assumed was going to do this. I thought Allen Robinson might get this kind of contract. He got a bit of a, you know, he took a little bit less to go to a better team. But if we're, t- if we're comparing these two deals, Christian Kirk got $37 million guaranteed to join Jacksonville. Allen Robinson got $31 million guaranteed to join the Rams. So, you know, feast or famine on that one. That's a, it's not a bad deal for either of those two there. CJ Uzama signed a three-year $24 million contract to join the Jets. They very much needed this tight end contract. Tough to see him leave Cincinnati, but this is a good move. They also went and got Tyler Conklin away from Minnesota. They spent, you know, they allocated almost $50 million to two tight ends this offseason. $25 million of that is guaranteed. So, grain of salt. You know, Uzama's contract is $15 million basically over the first two seasons. It's, uh, it's a little bit of an overpay for a player who's coming off an injury and things like that. But I do believe that they just had to get a guy in the door. And he was the best guy available for all intents and purposes in terms of the tight end market. You know, could they have taken a flyer on an Evan Engren or an O.J. Howard? Yes. But I do think this was the right move for this organization. And $15 million over two years should not break their bank. No question about it. Taron Armstead joins the Dolphins away from the Saints. One of those big subtractions I was talking about in New Orleans. He's the, obviously the best left tackle available. We don't see these kind of guys hit the market. But look, he was over 30. He had an injury history, a recent injury history. 
Miami was desperate. They were all in here. It was all about getting every single piece possible to cover slash fit slash promote Tua. And obviously upgrading the blind side was at the top of that list. So Taron Armstead gets five for 75. It's 30 million guaranteed now. He'll get 43 and change locked in next March. So it's a very strong deal, as you might imagine, for this position. It's three for 46, practically speaking, which aligns with Tua's contract. You know, Tyreek Hill's guarantees, all that sort of stuff. Everybody kind of signed together in, in Miami, which scares the hell out of me. When a team does this, kind of just decides, I'm all in here, and does it all in one swift offseason like they're doing. They've made all their trades. Now, obviously, they're doing this with Tua on a rookie contract. So I have to give them credit in that regard. But at some point in time, five or six of these contracts that they just signed are going to come, you know, they're going to roost at the same time. And that's just a terrible way to do business. So hopefully that they've maneuvered themselves where they're ready to rip up four years of a contract and start over with somebody like they did with X Howard. Um, I just makes me, it makes me nervous for a team to do. And by the way, doing all this when the bills are the bills, because there were times in this division when all these teams just said, we're never going to go all in because the Patriots are the Patriots. And there were, took a long damn time for these teams to actually get their shot. That's probably where Miami is here. We're sick of sitting behind teams in our division and, and allowing them to push us around because it's not good business to do, you know, to push all in when Tom Brady is the freaking quarterback of the Patriots. Well, there, there's reason to say that about Josh Allen now on the Bills, and Miami's just saying no. <laughs> They're saying no. We got a guy we think could be a guy. We're going to give him 150% production and assets, and he's going to show us what he can do. And I guess my point is, if and when that blows up and he's not the guy, you still have a pretty damn good roster. So you better figure out how to get the next guy quickly, <laughs> whether that's going to be Kirk Cousins, whether that's going to be Jimmy Garoppolo, whoever it's going to be in 2023. Because in my opinion, if Tua is not even above average this year, they're done. They're done. They are pot invested on the rest of this roster, from the defensive line to the secondary to the wide receiver core. You know, the only, the only one sitting out there is Gusecki's franchise tag, which they can certainly move on from after this year if they have to. But left tackle, you know, left guard, everything has been upgraded financially on a massive level. And Armstead is simply just one of those examples. So it's a big one year for Miami, both from a football and from a business standpoint, because as good as it was to make all these additions this year and see all that money fly around, it could be just as fun for for somebody like me to watch it all just explode next offseason if it has to. Interior defensive linemen, there's two contracts that matched each other this offseason. DJ Jones, Jones, DJ Jones joins the Broncos from the 49ers on a three for 30. And Foley Fatakasi joins the Jaguars from the Jets. It's a good signing for the Jacksonville. Like I said, they shored up quite a bit of their defensive line. And for Denver, it's, it's replacing Shelby Harris, who was sent to Seattle on that Russell Wilson deal. So big time needs for both cases there. Both get identical $20 million guarantees here to two for 20 on a three for 30. I can't complain about this. You know, are we talking about 10 million a year being too much for defensive tackles? Maybe. But with the cap rising, this, it's just a logical step forward. So if that number was eight or nine last year, now it's 10 and it's going to be 12 next year and considerably up after that. So, uh, you know, a smaller version of the NBA discussion ahead in the intro where bench guys are soon going to be making 25, you know, these lower tiers with the exception of the running back, unfortunately, 
they're just going to continually go up one or two million for the top free agents or the above average available guys at these positions because there's a ton of need for interior defensive linemen to stop those running backs who aren't getting paid as much. But um, two good signings here, two good contracts, no complaints, good structure. You know me in those three-year deals, but two-year guarantees. That's about as good as you can get for a guy looking to just keep the engine pushing, throw some money in your pocket, be on a team you want to be on, and then change course if you have to in a couple of seasons. Von Miller chose the Bills over the Rams and the Cowboys this year. Six for 120, but hold it there because there's a lot of fluff in this guy. Uh, $45 million fully guaranteed at signing. $51 million practically guaranteed. He'll see almost $52 million if he stays healthy on those per-gamers over the next three seasons. But he's 33 right now. 33 and a half right now. So by the time these guarantees dissipate, he'll be 35 and change. So it is a bit of a risk from Buffalo's standpoint. They've done this before with you know players like Mario Wilson and what, or Mario Williams and whatnot. But this was the big need. They had a couple of young edge rushers that they had drafted that were taking the next step. And they're going to have a good young defensive line, uh, you know, anchored by Ed Oliver now, who's ready for a contract himself soon. But this was, they needed the dad in the room. And the dad that could still get to the quarterback. And that was Von Miller. He showed it last year in Los Angeles. And by the way, Buffalo taking away that player from that team, that's also a big ad. So it's a double addition for them. It's a subtraction from Los Angeles, an addition for the Bills. And uh, it's a hell of a lot of money on paper. But if we just look at it three for 52, it's still probably too much. But they were, they were bidding against big boys. And Buffalo knew this was what they wanted to get done. And they did it in fantastic fashion. Speaking of the Rams, they pull Bobby Wagner away from Seattle after all those years. Five for 50, but 20 million guaranteed practically, 10 million guaranteed at signing. This is a very typical inside linebacker kind of deal, off ball linebacker deal, which is, you know, we're going to guarantee all this year. 32 years old, by the way, just turned 32. We're going to guarantee all of this year, which is 10 million cash. We're going to toss in a roster bonus guarantee next year, three and a half million. Um, so there is some stability for him on the roster next March, but they could trade him on that deal and it's one for 3.5 because everything else basically doesn't lock in until later, right? There, there is a, a decent secure on the 2023 salary and then it's pay as you go from there. Bang, 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 bang. So I think he'll get three for 28.5 pretty easily. He'll be 34 years old. You know, is he getting to the quarterback at that point? No, but is he a good coverage linebacker? Yes. So three for 28.5, for that kind of player, with that kind of leader in the locker room, on this team, in this roster, it's, it's, an, it's an excellent signing. It's an underrated signing. It happened later in the year. It was a March 31st signing, so it certainly didn't come right out of the gate. Um, just a hell of a lot to get to. And we're going to be talking about him quite a bit in the middle of that Rams defense this year. Back to the Chargers for a bit. They signed J.C. Jackson away from the Patriots, who should have paid this contract. I'm just saying it out loud. They didn't. Uh, this is a very traditional contract. If I told you that Derwin James deal is old school because it's basically backloaded, you know, hi highly front-loaded, then heavily backloaded, that's what we had here, okay? Not super bad. Um, you know, $14 million in cash the last three years of this deal, but it's a three for 54, which is good coin for the top cornerback on the, on the market. $16.5 million per year. He didn't even touch Jalen Ramsey's $20 million. But the $40 million guaranteed is all that matters, in my opinion, and probably to him as well. 
Drew Rosenhaus likes to get these deals front load or he likes to rip them up in the middle and start over. My guess is that's what he's going to be pushing for here. If he's, he said, get me in now, let's get you through the Herbert, the first two years of Herbert's contract, which will be 23, 24. And then after the guarantees fall off on JC Jackson's contract, we can talk about ripping up the back two years and starting fresh. So typical stuff for uh, Rosenhaus's contracts and with, with wide receivers or cornerbacks. That's kind of how he does his business. But that's how I see this going. Let's get in the door. Let's make a big splash with the 82 and a half million total value. The 40 million guarantee is really what we're talking about here. And, uh, and we'll go from there. Speaking of Saints subtractions, Marcus Williams leaves New Orleans for Baltimore. A very good signing. Joining just a ridiculously good <laughs> Ravens secondary. Uh, they're going to stop a hell of a lot of teams this year. There's no question about it. I mean, this is the, maybe the best secondary in football on paper. Certainly one of the higher paid se- uh, secondaries in football. Marcus Williams gets five for 70, 37 million guaranteed, 32 million guaranteed right now. So uh, this is the deal, the situation Lamar Jackson is dealing with. All right. Because it looks great at 70 million. And then you see 32 guaranteed at sign and you say, all right, so it's a five-year contract. That's a two-year contract. It is. It is. They got an early guarantee on year three. So this will be a three-year, $44 million contract. But if you do that math, we're talking about a $14 million per year player. When, I'm just tell- when I just told you Derwin James got 19, Jamal's in the 18s, Minka's in the 18s, Marcus Williams is, is as good as any of these players, playing for one of the better defenses in New Orleans, joining one of the better defenses in Baltimore. So did he take a little bit less structure to join Baltimore because that's where he wanted to be? Yes. There's no question about it. But my point in bringing Lamar Jackson is, is he's simply not allowing for them, in my opinion. He's simply saying, you're not going to lowball me on guarantees. You're not going to lowball me on structure just because that's how we do business here. I'm, I'm the QB one. <laughs> I'm an MVP. I, I'm going to be the reason we're going to be a factor this year in this division, in this conference. So let the other guys take the discounts, but you got to give me the full, the full package. So I'm just telling you, this is how these deals are structured in Baltimore and good for them because they get guys, they get good players to say yes to it. But I'm also telling you, it's probably the reason Lamar Jackson isn't signed with. And finally, punters are people too. Brian Anger, the 33-year-old punter, goes back to the Cowboys on three for nine, the three million per year contract. He gets five million practically guaranteed, which is pretty good coin for a punter. Let's put it this way. Johnny Hacker got 4.8 million guaranteed on his contract with the, with the Panthers. So Dallas obviously wanted to shore up their special teams. They've done so with Anger bringing him back for at least two more seasons based on this guarantee. And we'll, uh, we'll go from there. Pretty good year for special teamers as it was with, with uh, Boswell's extension and Justin Tucker's extension. We saw a lot of late good contracts coming out of the gate. Jake Bailey re-upped in New England. And uh, certainly these two punters led the way in terms of early March free agent contracts. All right, real quickly now, I just want to run through who's at the top of each list in terms of average pay positionally. And I don't think I need to give any opinions on this. I've done it probably enough over the past couple of months with the offseason stuff. But you can formulate your own opinions on where who should be where and why they're, why they're there and how long they'll be there and blah, blah, blah. But quarterback, it's Aaron Rodgers, 50, $50.2 million. I've told you a million times. That could be a one-and-done situation. But it is what it is right now. <laughs> All right? Running back, it's still our good friend, Christian McCaffrey. The only $16 million running back in NFL history. 
I don't know if that's changing anytime soon. I know Jonathan Taylor's coming. We shall see. Tyreek Hill at 30 million. It's a little fake. It's pretty heavily backloaded. If you want to talk about Devontae Adams at 28, it's probably a better representation of what a contract should look like, but those two are at the top of the list right now. Tight end hasn't moved an inch. George Kittle still 15, Travis Kelsey 14.3. Dallas Goddard kind of got there. Mark Andrews kind of got close. Somebody's got to reset this thing soon. There's no question about it. Offensive line, it's still Trent Williams from last year. The free agent contract with the 49ers, 23 million a year. Sorry, 23.01, just surpassing David Bakhtiari. Defensive tackle, yeah, this one moved. <laughs> All right. Aaron Donald decided to go 31.6 million a year. So I was saying, is he going to get 30? Not only did he get 30, he got 31, almost 32. And I don't know who's going to surpass this one. This is that anomaly sitting out there like uh, Calvin Johnson was for all those years as wide receiver that I don't think other, other agents are going to look at and say, oh, yeah, well, we should be up there, <laughs> right? DeForest Buckner at 21 is the next defensive tackle on line. So we're talking over $10 million between Donald and the rest of the field. So when Jeffrey Simmons and players like that come into the factor, I don't think we're going to be talking 30 million. You know, 25 may be where the next best guy gets to, but Buckner and Chris Jones are probably properly paid right now. So a $10 million gap is insane, but it's where we live right now in the world of interior defensive linemen. TJ Watt, 28 million, it's going to be surpassed. At some point in time here, Nick Bose is going to go in between TJ Watt and Aaron Donald because there's a defensive tackle you know, a freak defensive tackle, defensive lineman, I should say, and Aaron Donald, leading all defensive contracts. Not going to happen for long. Agents won't stand for that. They're going to get the edge rushers back onto the top of that mountain, and Nick Bosa is probably going to be that guy in the next couple of weeks. Off-ball linebackers, it's, it's still Shaq Leonard, formerly Darius Leonard of the Colts, 19.7 million. At some point, Roquan Smith's going to get this done. I don't think it'll be in Chicago. It sounds like he's going to be well, he's going to run out of his contract. Will they franchise tag him? And then will they have to try to find a trade partner on that franchise tag? Probably. At which point, you know, before July 15th, that new team can rip it up and, and extend him to a new contract. That's probably how things lay out. And that team's going to have to go $20 million a year. It's pretty much that easy. Cornerbacks, we talked about it. It's still J.I. Oh, Jair Alexander, excuse me. Jair Alexander and Denzel Ward surpassed Jalen Ramsey's $20 million mark this year. Alexander in Green Bay went $21 million a year. He is locked in for the next three seasons, comfortably four if they do a restructure. He's good enough to be at that list. Safety, we talked about it at Lazium. Derwin James owns number one across the board in basically every single metric. And special teamers, I mentioned he got extended this year. Justin Tucker at $6 million a year is the highest average paid special teamer in all of football. And that's about right because he's headed to Canton. That's it. Big NFL show. Lots of top paid players across the league. Some that will fantastically bust out this year, but many that won't. I think for the most part, free agency has gotten a lot smarter, a lot more creative. It's not just throwing baloney at a wall and seeing what sticks. So I, I don't have too much negative to say about it, which is good. I like positive Monday shows. I like seeing money get thrown around and I like it thrown around and allocated and structured properly. So there's some, there's some fluff out there still, but we're getting a hell of a lot better at this stuff. Let's put it that way. It's getting a lot nicer and easier to, to analyze a lot of these deals that are shorter, sweeter, more impactful, higher guaranteed. And uh, we're getting closer and closer to what the NBA and Major League Baseball contracts look like in the NFL. 
right, thanks to The Athletic. Visit theathletic.com slash track. Get yourself 40% off that first year subscription. For Scott Allen, my name is Mike Gennetti. Thanks for listening to this edition of the Track Podcast. Thank you.